Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Our number one ally, our key ally, our good and fearless friend Israel is at war with the barbaric terrorist group Hamas, as you all know. With the current and gruesome war that has claimed the lives of more than 1,200 Israelis and 25 Americans, and those numbers continue to increase, 17 more Americans that we know of are missing. We're going to talk savagely today about the realities of what and who we're dealing with and what must be done in order to truly stand in solidarity with our good friends and family and what this cowardly, weak, no-count administration should have done and should do now in order to shut down Hamas, support Israel, and send a message of strength to restore peace in the Middle East. And we're going to do that right now, coming up on The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Welcome back, listeners, to The Savage Truth. I am Cicely Davis. Please like, share, subscribe, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube as we get right into the most important issue in the world today, right now, the attack on our number one ally, our friend and family, Israel, by the Iranian-supported animalistic barbaric terrorist group Hamas. Now... For those of you who know me or have heard of me or have referenced me or looked me up, then you've become familiar with me and you know my stances. You've been listening and you know my premise, my premise, my passion and my stances. You know, as you know, that this war, this unwarranted, cowardly attack on our friends, our family, Israel really, really gets my blood boiling. It makes my heart sick. It has bothered me emotionally. And to be honest with you, it has really, really unleashed my rage. So for those of you who don't know me, or you're new to the podcast, it's your first time listening, and you're unfamiliar with who I am, I am the former congressional candidate of Minnesota 5, the 5th Congressional District here in Minnesota, which includes all of Minneapolis and 14 other Northwest suburbs. And I was opposing the hateful, disgraceful, disgusting Ilhan Omar. I ran on her hate. My entire campaign ran on pointing out her hate. Disgusting. Her hate, her beguiling distaste for America and Americans. I pointed out, and I literally talked about this. I took every opportunity I could to point out her stance on everything, literally any issue, take any issue. And she was on the wrong side of it. I pointed out her hate on a regular basis consistently. And I talked about her hate for America I pointed out her hate for the working class, her hate for black people, her hate for babies, and most obviously her hate for Israel and the Jewish community on a regular basis, on a consistent basis. And I made such headway, such great friends, such bonds 
with those in the Jewish community and was able to really come away from that contest. Um, Although I did not prevail, I made some long lasting, amazing friends, particularly in the Jewish community. So this really hits close to home for me. It's very, it feels very, very, very personal and unfortunately all too familiar since I've gained those friends and some now I consider family members they were able to really bring me in, talk about this history and get to know it maybe a little deeper than the average person about this conflict and um, the challenges here. And so, again, I have been more than bothered by this war. I haven't been able to sleep much, especially since October 6th, the day of the attack. My husband has basically told me, not basically, he actually told me that I have been distant and short with him, to which I apologized, and he understood because of what has taken place. And again, he understands what, um, how close this hits for me, and I'm sure so many of you. It's an understatement to say said events are tragic. It's an understatement to say that said events have been unfortunate. These are without a doubt, crimes against humanity. The Israeli people have been taken hostage by Hamas. Israeli babies have been beheaded. We've had Israeli moms and dads watching their children, witnessing their children's lives taken and before their very eyes. And Israeli um, children having watched their parents' lives taken before their very eyes and loss of friends and family members and community. Americans have been killed, taken hostage. Others are stuck there, stuck with no plans for rescue or evacuation. And right now as we speak, as there are people on the ground, many countries, many countries are working with Israel to go there with planes to get their people home. We are not on that list. Now, by the time you actually hear this, things will have changed. Okay, so some of these statements you're going to have to take with a little bit of grain of salt and consider timing because by the time I record and then it's edited and produced, things are constantly changing, rapidly changing by the hour. But I'm talking about people who are on the ground who are not hostages, who want and need to get home. So let's deal with some Sabbath's truths about what's going on with this war. Iran is an enemy of Israel and the U.S. and its people, its very existence. Hamas has proven itself to be an enemy and threat to civilization. There is nothing they won't do to reign. Nothing they won't do to reign. And that is a savage truth. The massacre of young people celebrating and dancing and enjoying each other, enjoying their youth with their friends and their family at an outdoor music festival. And the the butchering of entire families. And unlike leadership here, current leadership in the U.S., let me make that distinction, unlike current leadership in the U.S., Israel does not and will not negotiate with terrorists. They do not 
and they will not, and they never will. They will never provide financial resources to their very enemy that wishes them doom. They will never, ever provide resources to an enemy that wishes to erase them from the face of the earth. They stand with their people and they have absolutely every right to defend themselves to whatever stake possible. They don't have it in them to set them up, meaning their enemies, with nuclear weapons so that the enemy can then turn around and take them out. It's just not in them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to anyone. We, unfortunately, here in the U.S., disgracefully can't say the same thing. It's disgraceful. We can't say the same. Strong, strong mindset, strong, strong leadership in Israel can't really say the same for us in the U.S. at the top tier. And Gaza, Israel, is showing strength. Meanwhile, it took almost 72 hours just to hear from this administration on this. Such buffoonery. I can't even muster and and mouth what is going on. It's just absolute buffoonery in this administration. It's weakness and it's cowardice. But what do you expect from an administration who cares more about gender neutral bathrooms or ensuring that there are tampons and in the male locker room than having a strong military and a national defense. Now the threats continue to grow on Israel's other fronts as well in the North, the borders with Lebanon and Syria, those two countries have sparked major concern of an even broader conflict. This administration has basically three, three priorities as far as I'm concerned. One, show and express solidarity and support of Israel, including military support. Two, to prevent the conflict from expanding. And three, bring American hostages home. Our cognitively challenged commander-in-chief remarks that if we don't hear from him, if we don't hear him talking about it, that doesn't mean that nothing is happening. Well, now I can agree with that. I think anyone listening here can agree with that. We don't expect them to tell us or air strategically what's being done behind the scenes. We don't expect them to tell us and give us a play-by-play, right? Because that would be, that's suicidal, right? That helps the enemy. We don't expect that. We do need to hear that something is being done. Now, again, by the time you hear this, many things have happened. A lot more people now are standing in solidarity. They're making statements. But remember the first 72 hours of this happening, silence. We heard nothing from this administration um, and little to react. They showed no face. They didn't come out with any sense of urgency. That's what I'm referring to. That's what I'm speaking on. That is what has unnerved me so. So last Wednesday, um, President Biden spoke of the military aid that has been given and more that's on the way. That's a good thing. Finally. Okay. Um, He cautioned Iran and other actors in the regime not to take advantage of the situation And he has positioned U.S. military assets in the Mediterranean, but he also cautioned Netanyahu to abide by the rules of war after the EU called Israeli siege of Gaza illegal for cutting off food and electricity. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I just exhale because there's so much at play here. And literally as this unfolds and I think about friends and family and how much suffering has gone on, it also brings me back to my campaign. And there's such a deep, I told you so, and how could you not see, and how could you vote for such a disgusting human being? That's what's going on in me. And then there's rage. I feel literally rage as I'm recording. Um, But he also, however, back to this no count president of ours, has voiced details towards efforts to ensure some safe passage of Palestinians who are civilians in Gaza to Egypt. <laughs> I, I, I can't. And as usual, the White House had to walk back some of Biden's statements. I never thought I would see the beheading of children and pictures of terrorists beheading children. So they had to wipe back, walk back that statement because Biden never actually saw any pictures. He didn't see any video, which is pretty typical of this inept administration, this no-count president. He was basing those statements from what he heard and by confirmation from Netanyahu originally. Considering it took almost 72 hours for this president to even talk to the nation, I don't believe and can't trust anything from him or his supporting administration, as I'm sure so many of you feel the same way. They spent millions, millions of taxpayer dollars to revamp the situation room at the White House. I mean, I don't know. Is there a situation going on in that room? I mean, I'm sure that by the time this is aired, you know, clearly movements and tactics have been taken. Strategies have, um, things have been maneuvered in order to better the situation. But think about the lack of reaction that we get from this administration. It's just completely unacceptable. Again, I understand fully that they can't tell us everything that's going on, but it literally too too long. It took too long to get to the front foot of this. The very fact that we've even in this place, in this situation, the deterrence against the Iranian regime, we shouldn't make any mistake about this. Make no mistake. This is the Iranian regime. This is the Iranian regime at war with Israel today. We lost the front foot and we lost the very needed and necessary deterrent. And as a result, this is where we are. Americans and Israelis dead. Very reminiscent of Afghanistan. Eerily reminiscent of Afghanistan. We need to know this administration truly, truly takes this seriously. We can't just go by lip service. We need to see corresponding action. And it needs to be swift it needs to be expeditious, and it needs to be effective. They tell us they can't tell us how many Americans there are left behind, how many are stuck, and how many have been taken hostage. Eerily reminiscent of Afghanistan. They told us the same thing at that time during the Afghanistan debacle. Not willing or couldn't tell us the number of Americans that were trapped in Afghanistan holding 
or hoping that it would fade under some new cycle, right? Just hoping that we would just kind of forget about it and that time enough would pass and fade off into the new cycle. It's indecent what's happening. It's barbarism. It's Iranian barbarism. And they refuse to state that because it's absolutely places this administration in a place where they must react and take action. But we need to act. The world needs to react. We need to take this on in a very definitive way with strength and power and be purposeful in our action to ensure the message and make certain that the entire globe knows and understands what has taken place here now. That October 6th was indeed, without a doubt, historic. That Hamas of Iran have killed not only thousands of Israelis, but dozens of Americans. And the savage truth is thousands of Israelis and dozens of Americans have lost their lives, which requires an urgent, powerful, and serious U.S. response. This administration better be pulling together every asset that's put in place and be fully prepared to do whatever is necessary, and to go alongside our Israeli partners without hesitation, with strength, with all of its might and all of its ability. Do you remember, do you recall when former President Trump said that if Iran puts its hand and killed one American, just one, that they would feel our mighty hand? Now, of course, that's a paraphrase. His words were much stronger and his Intent was very, very real, meaning he intensely meant those words and made sure they understood him and not only understood and meant those words, but that he was more than willing to back those words up with corresponding action that caused fright and caused caution within the Iranian leadership. You see, the public response to this is really, really important, and it should be swift, and it should be strong, and it should be confident and powerful to indicate our strength and intolerance of attack on U.S., but also attack on our number one ally. They should feel us. They should be fearful of us. Anyone, absolutely anyone who wishes to kill us or take us out, they should absolutely fear and react with hesitance for even thinking so. One of my themes when I was running was constantly pointing out and talking about the failed American leadership of the Biden administration. I talked about that and I constantly pointed out those who served as a rubber stamp of Joe Biden. What I loved about Mike Pompeo when he was Secretary of State was that he made it very clear very clear as a part of the Trump administration to Soleimani. You know, Qasem Soleimani was the Iranian military officer who served in the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, and he did so from 1998 until his assassination in 2020. But Pompeo made very clear, he communicated very clearly and frankly that if you kill an American, if you touch an American. We're not going to come after your proxies, whether they be in Lebanon or Syria or Iraq or in the Gaza Strip. We're coming after you. We're coming after you 
the actual perpetrator of the crime against Americans. This administration can't say that's because they've underwritten this whole thing. They've underwritten it. They've given hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority terrorists themselves. They gave billions of dollars to the sanctions relief, which allowed them to ship $4 million in barrels of oil around the world and profit from that. They failed in their Iran Iranian policy, and now they have to face yet another embarrassment, a barrage of questions and evade the obvious and walk back actions taken, which have led us to this situation right where we are right now. And most significantly, to avoid an obvious escalation of what's next, a continued Iranian effort to not only undermine Israel, but the United States of America and the Abraham Accords, which has built out stability and peace in the Middle East. I mentioned the countries earlier when I talked about those countries who are working with Israel to get their people out by sending over planes. They have efforts in communication with Israel, literally, to attend. Um, here, here's a list of those countries. And, and please make note, let me point out very quickly that we are not on that list, at least now while this is recorded. That certainly can change or may have changed by the time this airs again. Argentina, Brazil, Nigeria, Switzerland, Spain, South Korea, Canada, France, Germany, Iceland, Norway, Finland, Portugal, Albania, North Macedonia, Thailand, Mexico, Hungary, Australia, Greece, Italy, Sweden, Poland, Russia, Ukraine, Paraguay, Panama, Colombia, and Chile. They reacted quickly to get their people out. They did not hesitate. They didn't wait. We weren't on that list. And the absence of the U.S. not only in getting our own folks home, but, you know, we've always been the ones. We've always been the ones with the assets, with the best special operators, the best resources on the face of the planet. We were always the ones to help other nations to get their injured and their sick and their people back to the country as well. We were the ones. And this created a great confidence on the globe with our allies and other nations in the U.S. kind of swooping in to help not only our friends, but, you know, to kind of send out this this veil of peace and to send a message that you have a strong, dependable friend and leader in the United States. That message was sent. So not only were we infamous for that, those stars and stripes, but we had this proverbial S on our chest, which we're really proud of, helping out and res- to rescue and save for the sake of freedom and liberty and to help our friends and to be the ones to look to and look up to. That's lost. That confidence and that belief in the American strength and presence around the world, that's lost or at least very, very significantly diminished. This administration has undoubtedly underreacted to this situation, underreacted to the moment. Now, I'm glad that they're providing airments to Israel. That's good. That's the least they can do. And I could acknowledge that. But where were they on October 7th? Where were they last year this time, this month, when they didn't invite Netanyahu to the White House? last October. 
you have to understand that all these misses, they all add up. All these misses, all these missteps are contributors and they are symptomatic, symptomatic of a failed relationship to our partner and our ally in the region. And what's also difficult and honestly shameful is the whole world is watching. The Gulf Arab states could see that we weren't partnering with Israel as closely as we did in the Trump administration, and they began the circle. Our enemies began circling. And what has happened today is Iranian activity, and they should be held accountable for these attacks and crimes against humanity, against our friends and family. But the Biden administration's policies set the conditions. They set the backdrop and the context for these activities for what is happening right now today. The standard that anyone trapped in this situation should be the message from this administration that we know about you, we care about you, and we're coming to get you. That should be the message coming from this administration. But this administration, it underplays. It always underreacts, slow to react. The part that acts to protect the American people is not there. It's certainly not a priority, and it can and is, is observed and noted by our political enemies. So let's add this all up. Okay, let's do a kind of a sum total of what's going on here. Let's really look at this picture. We have a land war in Europe. We have a land war in the Middle East. We have thousands streaming across our southern border every single day, rendering us more more vulnerable than we have been in quite some time. And in each case, it did not have to pan out this way. But it's a specific set of policies that have rendered us weak and vulnerable. We have agency and intelligence, but not in this administration. America must stay the course. We absolutely must. Yes, it will be difficult to watch. Yes, it will be difficult and gut-wrenching and emotional to endure. But we do. We need to stay the course. We have to show strength and we have to aid our friends. We need to remember this time and rid ourselves of these groups who mean to kill us and to end our very existence. We need a Ronald Reagan-style leadership in this situation to get hostages home, but also to deal with those who mean to literally try and attempt to wipe us from the face of the earth. We need to get back to restoring and building out a peaceful and prosperous Middle East. Now, remember during the Afghanistan debacle, There was a statement made from this administration that this would never happen again. Under the Biden administration, it has happened twice. It has happened twice. Now, Daniel Greenfield wrote on Front Page Magazine, and you should all go to that website and read this fantastic article. But he used a term that I thought was very, very relevant. Useful idiots. And that's what the administration has done become useful idiots to this situation. Israel is made up of very tough, resilient, wonderful, wonderful people. And let's not forget the others, right? Israel is a democracy with a diverse culture of people. And we have to help them. We have to help them because they're family. As a believer and a God-fearing Christian, I take seriously the importance of the Jewish faith. 
I take seriously. And I'm grateful to have Jewish friends, not just because of the bond and the friendship um, and the long lasting relationships that I've made since my campaign more so than any other time, but because of my faith in the founding of this country. This is a Judeo-Christian founded country. And Christianity is absolutely dependent, absolutely dependent on Judeo-Christian foundations. And because of that, they're significantly important, significantly important to my faith. They are great partners and they're wonderful people. We have a responsibility to help them and to get this right. The Biden administration, though, too slow, too late to react, in my opinion, is now moving. They're doing something. But I'm talking about a sustained effort that will take years. This is not going away. This is an effort of deterrence. Not bringing Netanyahu last October to the U.S., that was a bad, that was a wrong That was a misstep, and it sent a dangerous signal to the bad actors in the world, our enemies, to do precisely the kinds of things we have seen and heard about. But we can get this right, and the American people will support those leaders and officials who do. And when we get this right, good things will happen, and we will be more safe. Remember this, folks. Good, strong leadership matters. It's why America is so strong, because we, the people, we, the people had good, strong, righteous leaders, and we continue to elect good, strong, righteous leaders as well. We put them in office because we believed in their core ability to choose and to lead. We believe them to have character and integrity and strength. Now, think about this. We have here in the United States leaders who don't know right from wrong. They're not indifferent. They just have literally no moral compass. And I'm talking about Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and others. Americans. They are American leaders, and it pains me to call them that. American congresswomen who have openly sided with Hamas. Even the national media, CNN, CBS, MSNBC, they won't even call Hamas terrorists. 1,200 plus Jews were slaughtered in Holocaust level extinction. And I quote Rabbi Shmuley when I say that. He called it Holocaust level extinction. So what we've been witnessing, what we've been living through, what has continued to expand and has become more and more obvious today in communities on college campuses is that Jewish life continues to diminish and we need to ensure that we see things as they are. People continue to see Jewish life as not as important. We cannot allow this. We cannot allow this to happen. We need to call this out. We need to bring it up. We need to talk about it. We need to shout about it. We need to write about it. They are not monsters. They are terrorists. And they are an absolute threat to 
civilization. That's the savage truth, period. I stand in solidarity with Israel and the Jewish people. Please like, subscribe, support, share, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And remember, folks, please remember, be bold, be brave, be faithful, be true. Till next time, I'm Cicely Davis. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.